You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast, folks. I am Mr. Matthew Baker, and I perform a weird comedy and stunt show. And I'm Louis Fox. Uh, in the festival, you know me uh, performing hand shadow puppets, but I'm also, my day job is I'm a magician. Yeah, we have both been performing at the Moisture Festival for a number of years, and this podcast is dedicated to peeling back the curtain and giving you a glimpse of some of the performers, the talent, the people, the volunteers, and the board of directors that make this festival possible. I think you'll be amazed at all the work that goes into making the festival possible, too. It's not just a bunch of people showing up and doing a show. They're building a community, which you can actually help sponsor and support through donations. You can do that with your time or financially at moisturefestival.org, and you click the contribute link, and there's tons of information on how you can help keep the festival running. And if this is the first time you're even hearing about the Moisture Festival, congratulations, you stumbled upon something that's amazing. (laughs) But it is a four-week festival that celebrates variety arts in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. And let me tell you, folks, I've been a part of this for almost 13 years, and it is one of a kind. Yeah, it's the, actually the largest festival of its kind in the world yeah. and features some of the best entertainers, comedians, hula hoopers, whatever you can think of. <laughs> they have it. <laughs> they have it. <laughs> and it happens actually in the months of March and April, and they do have world-class variety acts, but they also have a week-long worth of burlesque show. Yeah, at a venue on the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to get your tickets because 95% of the shows sell out. And you can get your tickets also by visiting the website moisturefestival.com. So be sure to check that out for all things Moisture Festival. This week on the Moisture Festival podcast, we have Ron Bailey, also known as RB. Yeah, he is one of the founders of the Moisture Festival. We talked to him not only about his music career, how the name the Moisture Festival came to be. Surprise, not what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked to him about his life performing in the Decan of Vos, which is 40 years going at the Oregon Country Fair. Yes. It's a great interview. We hope you enjoy it. All right, we're lucky enough to have a local legend in the basement, the founder of the Royal Family de Canavaux, one of the founders of the Moisture Festival. We have the man, the myth, Ron Bailey. My favorite Ron Bailey I've ever met, too. <laughs> There's a lot of Ron Baileys, actually. Do yes. You, do you ever get mistaken for other Ron Baileys, like <laughs> emails looking for, because I found one that was like a rugby player, a New Zealand politician. Well, this all over the map. Yeah. There's a choir director, a heavy metal singer. <laughs> do you ever get booked to like, like open for Megadeth? <laughs> So you're a performer, you're a musician, you're the instrument behind the Moisture Festival. You have been to almost, how many Moisture Festival shows have you attended? Well, here's the thing is like, people say I'm the founder of this and the founder of that, but actually I just happened to be with the right group of people and it was a little combination of people that started Ducanivo and started the Moisture Festival. Really good little group of friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the people that you started the Moisture Festival with, these are people that you've known for years, that you've worked, performed with, and traveled with, and created with. Yeah, like one of the, the guys that started it is Tim first, and he's a former Karamazov brother. Mm-hmm. And um, Kathy and I got married in uh, out there in Port Townsend at the big house they all lived in. Uh-huh. So they've been friends for a long time through the Oregon Country Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's where we met those guys. I was curious, how'd you get the name Ducanovo? We started out when we started going, playing down at the market. Mm-hmm. Just like busking? Busking. Okay. Yeah. When was this? This uh, 70s? 70s, I think. Uh-huh. So since we were in the street, we just thought, okay, we're going to be the gutter people. Uh-huh. That was the name of the group, the gutter yeah, people. The gutter. Cool. I like that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and then you classed it up a little bit by making it French. <laughs> well, because then we went to Paris. Basically, I've followed women to these places. Like I've followed my wife to the country fair, and then I ended up following her to Europe with a friend of hers. They went to study in Paris, and we followed them. Uh-huh. If I was betting, I would have bet she followed you to the country fair. <laughs> no, no, I followed her down there. So, how did you and Kathy meet? Well, um, I was in a band, band, a couple of bands, Rose and the Dirt Boys, came up here from Oklahoma with that band. So we played the bars and taverns around town, had a great time. Back then you were, you were playing like four nights in a row in a, in a bar. Uh-huh. You oh, set wow. up your gear and then you'd play for the week. That's amazing. That's like I, the, that's like think the about it, musician's man. dream, right? Yeah, it it doesn't exist yeah. anymore. <laughs> it doesn't exist And this anymore. is in Oklahoma? This is there and here uh-huh. in Seattle, yeah. So it was two a nights great a week time. you're in Oklahoma, two nights a week you're in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the more modern four-day run. <laughs> Let's go all the way back to the origins of Ron Bailey. So you were uh, an army brat, and you kind of grew up all over the place, right? Yeah. My father was from West Virginia, and that's where I was born. And he married a woman during the war who was from Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting story in that they fell in love over there. Then he came back to America, but then she was so homesick, she had to figure out how to get home. So he thought, okay, I'll join the army because chances are he'd be stationed in Germany, yeah. which is just like across the, you know. Uh-huh. Not too far. So I used to visit Scotland as a kid, and um, I really loved that part of my upbringing, just uh, hanging out in Scotland. Great place. Yeah. And when did, when growing up, did you have dual citizenship? No, or? no, no. You just, I mean, back then, there's strong allies. It was like, gotcha. you could just go to Britain. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like today. Mm-hmm. I'm going on vacation. And yeah. You just go. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you spend significant time in, on those bases, like Germany? And I mean, yeah. did you guys move around quite a bit as a kid? Yeah. We were in Germany, Regensburg. Oh, I've, I performed at that base before. Huh? You did? I have, yeah. I don't know. Very nice little town. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. kind of one of those picturesque yeah. little German towns. How cool is that? I know. Yeah. To be, I don't know how old you were at the time. I mean, well, at that time, you know, with my mother being from Scotland, it was hard for her to go to Germany because they were still the enemy in her mm, mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is true with a lot of people yeah. at that time. It yeah. took a while to get, to get over that. So we would mainly stay on the base. Oh, wow. I, I so, think for that reason. We'd so go into town like, oh, a little curious thing. So you didn't really explore Germany as a kid? Only on little camping trips or whatever. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw that it was beautiful. Yeah. How can you not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the story with a lot of those military bases over there. Like, yeah. it's, There's so much stuff to do on those bases, and there's so much community that's already built in that sometimes it's just like you forget to go out. You know, You're just there. 
Yeah. <laughs> for, like, for 17 years. I forgot to go out. <laughs> and I lived there still. I was 47. But, you know, my mother worked in, like, she worked at the NCO club or whatever on the base. And um, they would have, like, Ray Charles. Oh, uh, yeah. Touring the bases. Uh-huh. So, so, so you got to see Ray Charles as a kid? I didn't. I, but I did see him as a kid, but that was in Oklahoma. Okay. He, he was in a high school gymnasium. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> With the Raylets, I mean. <laughs> see, and my mother took me to that. She's like, you want to go see Ray Charles? Yes. You're like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How much did that cost, do you think? I don't remember. A couple dollars? <laughs> 17 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the story that Ray Charles always had to get paid in ones because they, they, he would always get ripped off from bookers and stuff when they paid him like a couple hundred dollars and they would just give him one. So he made them count out $200, $300 in ones. Well, so. obviously now he was a smart man. <laughs> So you, I just get paid in ones. <laughs> so where did your love of music come from? Father, mother, just well, my you know? my father was West Virginian, you know, hillbilly kind of thing, and so I certainly got that. I mean, like like hillbilly music, hillbilly music, okay. yeah, yeah, just country music. And he played or was just into it? No, no, he was just into it. He just kind of dance along to it, uh, you know. And then Scotland, of course, they're like, <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, if there's a party, people are singing mm-hmm. and telling jokes. And so I, I think that I, I feel at home, uh, like with people having a good time and hanging out because yeah. that's what they did. In yeah. Scotland, you know, you'd have a party, somebody would sing, and it's a sense of community. Yeah, like. yeah. So you, growing up, you sort of you're surrounded by country western music you're surrounded by this sort of uh, <laughs> lively scottish <laughs> I, it's true laddie it's true and so when did you sort of split off is there a time that you were like you know i'm going to take this music on the road i'm going to start a band well it was like i was telling you i had a country band that came up here we had a great time and you know bands last four or five years or something and so that was split up and that actually put me playing on the street with people I met while I was performing uh-huh. in the bar. So I was like, hey, what are you doing? Let's go down and play the market. Oh, that's you know? cool. Yeah. It was great fun, yeah. man. Still great fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you ever go out and busk like, anymore? <laughs> well, the last time I did it, I think it was um, with Kayla, just because I thought we should do this together at least once, you know. Absolutely. Ah. It was at Bumper Shoot, which is a little more difficult than it used to be because it's so loud now. Yeah. yeah. And there's someone everything, five, every five feet amplified, doing something. Yeah. You know? So yeah. It, it used to be a little bit quieter. But... Um, Did you make some money? Yeah, we made, you know, we always <laughs> they made, made <laughs> They made memories. That's what's the important, man. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Memories, they're important. Yeah. You can't put a price on money. <laughs> but if we did, how much was it? <laughs> With the royal family to kind of vote, so you were the gutter, the gutter, what was people. it? The gutter, the gutter people. people. And then you went to Europe following your soon, soon to be wife. So, one of the people that went over there, the clarinet player, who ended up being Jean Ducaniveau, he's walking his dog in Paris and he sees a sign that about Kennyvote. You know, they basically saying, have your dog shit in the gutter. So, he comes back to the apartment and he goes, I know who we are. We're not the gutter people anymore. <laughs> We are Jean Ducaniveau, people of the gutters. Yeah, the gutter, Ducaniveau. How long did you spend over in Europe? Were you doing street shows over there also? Yeah, we, we made it last about two years. Wow. So was a street show for you just music, or did you do like little skits too? Well, or? like I was saying, I followed um, my wife over there, and she was working with a uh, another acrobat named Becca Chase, and they were partners and so they started out going to the circus school over there, mm-hmm. but it was sort of a old world circus school, mm. like 
okay, the women go over there and clean up his shit. Uh, <laughs> they go over there and, yeah, yeah. and uh, they had a couple of days of that and they were like, uh uh-uh. uh. No, that yeah. we're not going to be. We didn't fly like across that. the world to <laughs> yes. like, you know, so costumes. We see the position we're going to be put, put yeah. in. So they ended up going to a mime school there. But Vanley, you know, was a, any excuse to be in Paris was, yeah. the, was the thing. Yeah. Ah. And so you show up and she's like, Who are you? You're like, I followed you over here. <laughs> yeah, no, we had been going together. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'd been going together a while. Through, I met her in while I was in the band, the Dynamic Box, mm-hmm. yeah. And she lived here in Seattle? Yeah. That's awesome. And so when did you decide to make this your home, C- Seattle? Well, I did become attached to Oklahoma because part of it was that um, the music scene mm-hmm. down there. And Norman, Oklahoma, which is where the university is, is a little enclave of what I thought was a nice place to live. And um, so I don't know. Just ended up here. What made you move to Seattle? I loved Norman, Oklahoma. (laughs) But what I was driving at is Seattle was just like it. I I liked it down there. And then, but then since I'd lived up here too, and had the images of the mountains and the Puget Sound. So I decided I loved it down there. Which I never thought I would. I mean, Oklahoma is so different from Absolutely. up here. Yeah. Up here is lush and it rains and everything. But down there is so beautiful. The rolling hills and it, there's a beauty to it for sure. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back then, and I would imagine this is maybe the late 70s. Late 60s, like, yeah. What was the music when scene? When the Beatles came on uh, the radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was the music scene like in Seattle at that time? Well, it was good. Like one cool thing about going to school, I went up. The school up here at junior high. Where'd you go? Near the army base. Okay, down oh, Fort so, Lewis. Down. Yeah, so it was a little side mm-hmm. by DuPont. And they had a teen club there, like a nice little dance hall, actually. And they would have bands come down to play the teen club. And this was like the Kingsman. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Some of the rock and roll bands. They're just trying to give what, any gig they can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> teenagers out there were like, Good God, this is great. Yeah. Ah. And everybody dancing to that. So I got a good taste of that Northwest rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how cool is that? Before you were 16, you got to see Ray Charles, the Kingsman. <laughs> That's amazing. That is it. <laughs> so you found your people here in the Northwest. Yes. And you started with people from all over the Northwest and some from Europe, the Royal Family de Canavaux, which is a performing troupe. Yes. Now, how do you feel about your daughter proclaiming herself queen? Well... The gutter queen. The gutter queen. Yeah. yeah. Does that surprise you? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, after talking with her. <laughs> she's a, she's deserving of the title. Yeah. I would argue with yeah. her. <laughs> so, I mean, you really created a pretty amazing thing that really only is specifically for a one event that is three days long. <laughs> Yes. Which is the Oregon Country Fair. Yes. And I grew up in Eugene, so I grew up watching you guys as a kid. (laughs) And so I've seen all the incarnations of the shows since I was 13 years old. And so it's kind of cool to have you here on that on that front, just from a you know a Eugene standpoint. So for those yeah. of us who have never been to the Oregon Country Fair, can you give me a quick overview of it? Go ahead, you start. Essentially, it's this it's right outside of Eugene, Oregon. It's in Venita, Oregon, which is a town with like one stoplight. All right, and uh, it's just a big festival in the woods, and there's different crafts people from all over the place come for three days. Yeah, and it's a big camp out and community, and there's shows and music and art and 
lots of weirdos. And yeah, it's been going on for Out 50 in, in years. A beautiful, it's in a beautiful little place there where it floods in the winter. Yeah. Ah. Right? So the land, you can't do too much with it if it floods every winter. But for the fair, the water recedes mm-hmm. and suddenly you've got these mossy trees. Yeah, and it's pretty great. It's pretty cool. And a lot of the booths are built into the trees, the existing uh, forest. It's not like, you know, some places where they clear places out. It's yeah. like everything is sort of built to the land, existing land that's there. Okay. And you have a beautiful stage off in the back of the fair. And it's their stage, and this, throughout the week you get to you perform. I think the show's twice a day. Twice a day, and other performers perform on it. Okay, and yeah, it's a, an amazing and show. And that, every year they like write the, a different one. The, the festival moisture festival really started down there mm-hmm. because Ducanivo is going to be celebrating what is it forty, 40 years, years what, of going down there. Wow. I mean, it's become part of the family. The kids were raised going there. Yeah. And of course, you get to, you meet a lot of people who become your family down there. And the vaudevillians like Tom Naughty, the Bubble Guy, and the Flying Karamazov Brothers, the Reverend Chumley, there's so many, these crazy vaudevillians that go, built a whole variety arts community mm-hmm. and s- started performing on several stages, as well as people always playing the paths out in the woods. In so, the summer, it's, it's just awesome. fantastic. Yeah, Playing I, the path is like street performing in the yes, woods. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> essentially it is. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, essentially not, just people yeah. playing out in the walkways that you know, and they're performing for money. And, and there's not as much amplified. They're trying to contain the sound per stage so it doesn't uh, take over the whole thing. And do you create a new show every year for it? Yeah. Or? I mean, sometimes we mix in old bits. You know how you do. Yeah. Well, I you did make a... them fit. You know, you make them fit. Oh, I why did... don't we use that one? I did a show this morning, and the lady who booked me was like, you have a new show every year. I'm like, here's a secret. <laughs> I cycle it every three years. <laughs> I use a lot of paint. <laughs> so yeah. this year, your show was, because uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the Oregon Country Fair. Yeah. And so your show was sort of specific to the anniversary of that. Yes, it was. Yeah. Like uh, most of the people down there trying to tailor their show for that year oh my god just to think about 50 years it's amazing it's really something yeah else. and you've been there for almost 40 of them. i know that's it. why <laughs> it's just i mean but if you think about it like think of how long the moisture festival is what in its 16th year now yeah, we're going into yeah. 17 17 so i mean and, that's i mean think about that doesn't seem like that long ago that the moisture festival began i know that's crazy well and I, then to like bring some of those that was the idea let's bring some of these people up to seattle and of course they knew like Ovner the eccentric everybody knew he was a famous clown and other people who Karamazov brothers were yeah. touring the world uh-huh. at that point so they would bring in really talented people to come and perform at those shows and you're like wow yeah that's funny yeah just the ta- <laughs> the available talent that you guys yeah. were able to get early on i yeah. think was pivotal and it's sort of growing into what it has become well it's something else and i think one of the things you're great at is creating a community yes this isn't like the moisture festival and what sounds like the Oregon country fair isn't just another gig oh absolutely not no it's like i remember when i first started at the moisture Festival, you were one of the most welcoming people mm-hmm. <laughs> good i'm glad <laughs> to hear that and you're like you, my first time i know a handful of people i'm like yeah i know everyone you know i, I didn't yeah. but it felt like it yeah so I think that's one of the secrets to the longevity of these things. But, you know, you you know this, Louie, because you travel mm-hmm. and you meet lots of good performers everywhere. You don't often get them together. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's very rare. And that's what happens at the festival. You watch it happen, right? Yeah. And that's part of it. That's why people come, because you never get to really meet all these people you've seen performing wonderful acts, and then suddenly you're in the same town for a week. Yeah. 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 And that's really the appeal of the performing in the Moisture Festival, aside yeah. from the audiences being great and being treated so well. It's really being able to mingle with your comrades, your people that... <laughs> That... People who are always the week before or the week after you at a venue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You it's tip true. Your, tip your hat. And... Well, that's. What, I mean, I feel so lucky to be in Seattle, where the Moisture Festival exists, because all of my friends throughout the world come here to perform at the Moisture Festival, and I don't have to go anywhere <laughs> to see them. Like you know, they get to come over, and I get to hang out with them. Well, that's what Tim first was like. He traveled all over with the Karamazov brothers, and he made a lot of friends. He's just that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So when he stopped touring with them. And then this idea of doing a festival came up. He was like, yeah, I'll bring all my friends. Yeah, <laughs> Just a good He's excuse like, to get yeah. my buddies together. He's like, I'll, I'll help do that because I can bring all my friends to the, this festival. And without him, this thing would not exist. Yeah. It wouldn't well, exist. Well, I thank you, too. I mean, I think all of you guys. Yeah, I think all you, of you are do. a good team. Like, yeah. everyone's got their thing they bring to the table. No it's kind of amazing on lots, lots of levels. That's true because it's somehow attracted a lot of people just enjoy being together and working together. I think that's some of the things that people miss is there's, of course, lots of volunteers that come and build this and build Mm -hmm. that and hang out, drink a beer, and then everybody, okay, see you later. But -hmm. you're working together, doing whatever, building this, a stage thing or something, fixing the kitchen, whatever the festival needs. And that's built in just a great little community of people. And I want to hear the conversation that happened in the beginning when you're like, you know what we should do? Let's rent out a warehouse in a brewery <laughs> and just bring in international circus artists and comedians and clowns and musicians. Like, how did that conversation go? Or was it just natural? Like, let's put on a show. We know a bunch of people and it's going to happen. Well, you know, Mac DeVee is one of the uh, founders of the festival as well. And he is a regular at, at the Oregon Country Fair. Yeah. He's been going there mm-hmm. for years. And we would often talk about, shit, man, these people should see this stuff <laughs> in yeah. more just than one weekend. And we couldn't figure out how to pull it off because, what, take over a park? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It suddenly it became too gigantic to even imagine. And then when I visited Hockey Ginda at his festival in Berlin, mm-hmm. So I saw that as a model. It's like they had a showcase place and two tents and any little storefront, whoops, in the region, <laughs> that would become a theater. Mm. And it was comedy variety. Ah, jugglers from Africa. Wow. Just in a little, nice little center. So like you're in the crumpet shop doing your, your <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> and part of the thing was that after the shows, people hanging out yeah. in the little bars around there, mm-hmm. you know? And Tom Noddy, the bubble guy, he's the one that got me to go over to that thing. And we were sitting with hockey, and God, this would work in Seattle, man. Yeah. We should just do it. We should just do it. <laughs> I and love so it. I, then we came back, and I talked to Mac. We should just do it, man. Let's just do it, Max. Okay. And then we go, well, we should talk to Tim first about it. I wonder if he'd want to do it. We, Tim, do you want to do it? Okay. <laughs> and, and Simon was like, Simon, listen, we have this idea. We're going to put on a festival of variety and stuff. He's like, all right, okay, what do we have to, what do we need to do? 
And that was it. And yeah. then we just started, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, we'll need a little publicity. We'll need this. Yeah. <laughs> Called up the country fair performers. Hey, would you guys help us out and come out for the very first <laughs> moisture festival? Was that the plan, though, no. it's for it to be an annual thing? Or was it just like, yeah, let's do a we, show and see where it goes? We didn't really have the idea that it would go on forever. But we thought if we go to this much work, let's see if we could actually do it. Yeah. Here's the million-dollar question. Who named the festival? <laughs> Well, luckily, we have like a true story about it. <laughs> okay. because... Is this the true story or the story? <laughs> is this, this is uh, the story that they've all so, agreed to tell. It's so, it's so dumb that it's... Um, but Kathy and I are going out to the southwest part of the state. Beautiful out there, mm-hmm. right? The peninsula. And beautiful weekend. And so we're coming back and la, la, la. And there's a sign that says Oyster Festival. Okay, down in like Menlo or Raymond? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, right? Which is you the oyster the capital of the world. Yeah. That's right. So we drive by it and Kathy goes, uh, no, I go like, Moisture Festival, that's weird. And she goes, Moisture Festival? And I went, yeah, there was a sign back there or something. So we had to turn around and go back to <laughs> to prove. And then we went, oh, it's Oyster Festival. <laughs> so you stole it from a place that didn't exist. <laughs> yes. So we're batting about names, you know, and like, what should it be? What should it be? And people are like, uh, what's in Europe? And should we n- pattern it after that? And just couldn't really land on something. Uh-huh. And so then I said, what about, you know, Moisture Festival? And here's why, whatever. Because <laughs> I can't read it. <laughs> it's, it's springtime and there's rain and, and, you know, it's the Moisture Festival. And so, like, what if instead of running away from the fact that it rains in Seattle, because there are people that like the rain. Yeah, I like the rain. I love it. Yeah. It refreshes the air, whatever. Yeah. It drives some people crazy. But so I was like, what if we celebrated Ah, <laughs> that's that's what the way I thought. And, about and it, everyone, yeah. when you took a vote, who's who's all in favor of the moisture festival? Who is, who is How many one? hands went up? I think it's just that nobody topped it with anything else, and so we went, ah, what the hell? Okay, I, well, let's just call it moisture festival. I think that's part of. I mean, besides talent and all that, I think that's part of the success of it. It's got such a memorable name. Yes. Well, it's a funny name because. It's a love-hate relationship exactly. with that word, which <laughs> yes. surprised me because it yeah. never occurred to me, you know, it's just moisture. There was a, a word that makes people <laughs> crawl a little bit. But well, they, they, use don't... It, they use it on the news every night. Yeah. It's yeah. like they don't say it's raining. They say moisture's approaching. Yes. And I, think I don't think it, I've ever heard of it. Sounds like a bad evening. Or an awesome evening. I've heard it, yes. I, if if I the weatherman told me I had an 83% of moisture tonight <laughs> if you by 6 p.m., if you haven't heard heard it yet, just listen for it. Yeah. You'll hear it. You'll hear it way more than you imagine. Well, just think, they were this close to calling the festival the Oyster Festival. <laughs> so if they didn't turn around, it would be a different different type of show. <laughs> so the first one, the first Moisture Festival was a, it was in a tent in a, in a parking lot, right? Reverend Chumley had a tent. Mm-hmm. He's a performer, again, from the country fair. Brilliant performer, really. And, um, he does little tent shows, you know, he's just kept going in that variety stuff. Mm. Now he's up on Camano Island still doing shows. And so we rented it from him. Of course, he gave us a good deal. Mm-hmm. People in Fremont, Mac talked to some people. Where could we do it? What about this parking lot? We have to ask so-and-so. And people kept saying yes. And we were like, <laughs> okay, 
okay. A, a parking lot said, okay, yes. Okay, good. And we'll set it up and then we'll take it down and it's just be one weekend and let's see how it goes. Because they were doing outdoor movies and stuff in this mm. parking lot. Uh, right? So, they so like little, in Fremont. Yes. Right, Still right, that same right, sort right, of area. Fremont, yeah. yeah. And that's when a friend said, talk to Hales down there because they're a big community supporter and sometimes they'll donate beer for a thing. Oh, awesome. Ah. <laughs> that's the most important thing. Right? <laughs> so we called him up and said, we're doing this and it would be nice if we had some beer for the performers. Would you be willing to support this like, moisture festival? <laughs> we'll, 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 like, say it again? <laughs> we'll, we'll comp you a couple comp, uh, couple free tickets. <laughs> but that's the funny thing that Mike Hale brought the beer down. That's awesome. So he came down himself and rolled it in a keg and where does this go? Do you want this? And I've told the story many times, but I, I said, listen, if you see Mike Hale, tell him thanks for giving it, donating the beer, the Performers are going to appreciate this. And he goes, I'm Mike Hale. <laughs> I said, oh, well, listen, why don't you come to a show tonight? Come to a show tonight. Bring your wife. And yeah. he's like, okay. He looks around and goes, no. <laughs> this is Saturday night or something. And, and he does. And wow. it was just, you know, we're in a little tent doing this crazy little variety show. Yeah. And it was really fun. Uh-huh. Really fun. And was it- Of course, it was raining like crazy. <laughs> Water As <running>. advertised. <laughs> running through the tent, you know. Were the shows back then the same format, like, you know, five, eight minutes, five, eight, or did, people, did you no, have like a headliner? No, it was headliner? like that. Okay. It was like that. Just pretty much the same model. And we had, we had a band and uh, basically the same model. Okay. Half-assed MC. <laughs> <laughs> what are his initials? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a huge success. I mean, we, I would say that it's, has it grown into something bigger than you imagined or... Do you even have bigger plans for it? Well, it is a little more than I imagined, but I love the direction it started to go in because everything we talked about wanting to do as far as bringing performers together and showing an audience these kind of talents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that. They're just everywhere if yeah, you know Seattle, where to look Seattle for Seattle is lucky to be in a place <laughs> where performers from all around the world come and yeah. they can see 10 acts you would never see anywhere else yeah. in one location. And everyone I've brought to it is always like, I've never seen anything <laughs> yes. like this in my life. <laughs> and that's we, we try to suggest that to people too. Just keep this in mind that this doesn't happen in every city in yeah. America. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be cool if it did because it would be more like an old vaudeville circuit. Yeah. But of course, that's a dream, a pipe dream. But yep. it's it's something to appreciate yeah. that, that it happens. Honestly, like I think it's a testament to you guys and how your your ability to build community, put something together, lean on people that you know over the years, and I think it's it's a testament to who you are and sort of what and what you've built throughout your life. Honestly, I mean, yeah, I think it's awesome. Just some people having fun together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's really the vibe it ends up having too. Yeah. yeah. Think about the volunteers that 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 come there. Yeah, yeah. Many of them return. Most and of them yeah. work harder than the performers do. <laughs> Definitely. It's like, it's Definitely. Like, all of them do. Because <laughs> when I do it, it's like, they're like, okay, we want six minutes. I'm like, I don't even, six minutes. Like, I don't even know that. I've never done a show that short before. I don't know. The volunteers are running around, working three, four hours. It's, it's crazy. Who works three, four hours? I know, yeah. Jeez. That's a funny thing, too, about like that, that whole thing about, 
keeping people in their time slot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, I can see a certain wisdom in that looking back on vaudeville because they, it was 12 minutes. Yeah. And it was a rule that you never broke. If you did, you didn't work the vaudeville yeah. circuit. And so, of course, people would cram all their stuff into those 12 minutes. And there's a certain thing about that. A lot of performers, we could... They could do a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, and many, yeah. in fact, Have do their own shows. show. Yeah. But early on, we tried, like, if we had a, a bigger name or something, let's let them do three or... And people had already become used to the little rapid fire. Yeah. 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 And it worked better to just leave it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And sometimes, you know, it's like the combinations that end up happening... Like it's always a good show, but sometimes it's a great yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some the puzzle pieces fit together, and it's just like mm-hmm. wow. Yes, yeah. yeah. On so many levels. Now, yeah. are you involved at all in any of the other weird shows that happen at Hales? So, I mean, there'll be like um, Frank Olivier does a show there. Not really. Only in that I know them, and I've I've come to know. Um, What's the uh, well? There's Twisted Cabaret that he does, and yep. then um, something magical. Paul Nathan. There's a bunch of people, yeah, yeah. and yeah. actually, the festival does not have that much to do with what goes on there, other than that we built that theater, and of course, Hales gets to use that theater, yeah. And yeah. So they, yeah. But we couldn't, as a festival, get into like booking shows. Okay, that's a different animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, it just feels like all the other shows they have there are a similar vibe in in general tone. Yeah, to the, and, to it's, the and they've made yeah. it work, and that's really, everybody's happy about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people do a two-week run in that place. Yeah. Man, yeah. What fun. Yeah. yeah. It is, it, well, it's a beautiful stage. Yeah. My, one of my favorite things about, when you go back to the time, like, that's time slots for each performer. One of the first years I performed there was, I think it was, like, year three or four, and they, my partner and I, they gave us eight, nine minutes, and we did 17 minutes, and I just remember walking off stage and Tim being like... <laughs> I've never, you know, Tim's a pretty stoic guy, and the, seeing it, like anger in his eyes is like this extra fear ran through me. It was like, all right, I will he always, does, he does always it. do my time. He does have a look that, that, that he will give you. Well, when I when I host shows there, every now and then. Tim or someone, a producer, will be like, try and keep this person down. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just emceeing. Like, am I going to walk out and take the mic? I know. Yeah. What, like, last year, Randy's like, we're going over. I'm like, I, what, I, what can I do about that? <laughs> I'm just like, introducing I'm just... <laughs> It's so funny, that whole that whole thing. is like, because it's always, it wasn't my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> I just did half an hour. Everybody's, I, it wasn't me. I mean, I don't know. I, I understand the problem. <laughs> the guy before me ran seven minutes. I did 32. <laughs> But that's seven minutes. He was only supposed to be five. And the funny thing is that, you know, it's become tradition now that we just time everybody. There's somebody yeah. sits and times every yep. show. So we have the proof if we need to bring it out. <laughs> Wasn't me. Hold on. Hold on. Bring the timekeeper over. <laughs> this hourglass. <laughs> the referees getting a little thing. They look at the video. A little video screen. So uh, you perform still. You are at the Moisture Festival. You Yeah, I have a band, a great band. And that's Ron Bailey and the Tangents. And the Tangents, yeah. yeah. And there's a bunch of stuff, a bunch of videos online of you guys performing out and about. Yes. It's great. And where, where do you guys perform? You put all over Seattle, Northwest? I wouldn't say all over because... It's uh, more of a contained little thing. Like most of the guys in this band are in like two or three other bands. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky enough to be able to schedule them where, uh, I, where I can be the little front man yeah. in the band. <laughs> and uh, they're all such great players. 
And so we really started playing together up in Bo Edison, uh, north of Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those little, it's basically two blocks big as this Bo Edison. It used to be this and it used to be that. But now it's just a cute little town. Of course, there's artists, have galleries there and everything. And then they have this one bar. It's been a tradition uh, on Sundays at 530, 530 to 9.30, little community dance in this little bar. Oh, nice. Oh. It's great. And people, the whole, everyone comes out? Everyone. It's wow. packed That's at awesome. 5.30. Wow. wow. And it, I'm not the only band up. There's a bunch of good bands that go up there from Seattle and other places around there. But it, think about it, a Sunday night. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Ends at 9.30. You <laughs> have to go to work tomorrow. Okay, yeah, fine. True. But yeah. they come and they dance every song. You're a, song, you're a songwriter. You've written for lots of people. I know you've yeah. written for your daughter. Yeah. I think I've got, somebody was asking that just the other day. How many do you think you've written? I think it's like 100, just under 100. Uh, wow. That's and I'm great. trying to document them all before I forget them yeah. all. Yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Now, are those songs you've written for yourself or are those songs that you've written for other people? I wouldn't say I write for other people, really. I just write the songs that uh, hit me sitting around playing uh-huh. uh, or something will inspire me, like a bunch of the songs. And I I love playing live. To me, like playing for a room full of dancers, is I choose that over sitting in a theater. Mm-hmm playing music I, I mean I would do that that would be okay but as far as what's <laughs> really arm. fun what's really yeah, fun of course. is yeah yeah so I try to write music that I can play and get people dancing yeah totally <laughs> so I do have to ask you about oh. uh, and I I hope to God I wrote this down right when Kayla told me yesterday but okay. uh, about the two peanut man is that ring the man bell? with two peanuts the man with two peanuts <laughs> yes that was a bit I did with uh Oh, man, it was a funny bit. There were two women who were Siamese twins, you know, mm-hmm. so they shared the same pair of tights. And then, and on one side of them was the man with no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a light bulb above mm. his head, you know, that wasn't lit. <laughs> and that was on the other side, married to the other one. And I was the man with two peanuts. So <laughs> I had a can around my waist, like, like a, cookie, a cookie can. <laughs> And then I had a crazy helmet, so it was like a spaceman kind of thing. But so I was the man with two peanuts, and, <laughs> and so it was a conflict between the two women uh-huh. and these two characters. <laughs> okay. okay, I love it. Yeah, the man with two peanuts. This is this is one of the uh, my favorite stories that I tell about my dad is that I uh, I grew up in a in like a, a really religious family, Mormon family. And my dad was a Spanish teacher at Elmira High School for 40 years. My dad was a teacher at Elmira, which is where the Oregon Country Fair essentially is. And he had wow. he had yeah, never connection. He had never been to the Country Fair. Oh. And you know, I went I I snuck out of the house and went growing up, but the first year I ever performed at the Country Fair, my dad came oh, out. Nice. And I took him to your show. Oh my and God. it was the, the show was <laughs> one of the pieces there was uh, women who were topless, but their their a face was painted on them. So the eyes were their breasts, and then there was a smiley face on their stomach, and then there was a hat pulled over their heads and down to the shoulders. Down to the shoulders. <laughs> so it's so, like eight, like Abe Lincoln head. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah. So the and, boobs looked like the eyes, and, and so the eyes would move. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. And it was hilarious. <laughs> googly eyes. But I'm watching the show, they laughing, danced. watching my dad, this conservative guy, watch the show and just like hangs his head and just, I'm never coming to this thing ever again. His support like quickly went out the window. That's That was a good show to bring him to. <laughs> And he also, like, another complaint he had is that he saw students of his at the oh, yeah. fair, you know, naked or, you know, like, topless. And yeah. he's just like, you know, no more for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that must, might have been a little weird for your, for your pops. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Anything you like to promote or besides the Moisture Festival? Well, no, that's the main thing right now is it's coming up. Next month, yeah. March, March yeah. 12th. And then can... when do you play at Hales? Well, actually, we're, we've been doing music Mondays at Hales okay. for two years. Cool. And um, we're going to switch locations to from where that happens. Okay. But I'll let people know right, so. about what's So there's there, and then I play up in Bow Edison and here and there, whatever. But it's mainly the festival. that it mm. this That's about to... It becomes like a whirlpool. Yeah, well, absolutely. It and starts you, to happen, and you're, you're like, always oh, there. Here we go. Yeah, you're there, and you're <laughs> smiling. You're greeting people. You're in the audience, laughing. I mean, you're out there. Yeah. Like, you really, you really live. Oh, it. I love it, man. Take I it love all every in. show. I love yeah. every show. <laughs> you're the official greeter of the Moisture Festival. <laughs> do you still do the uh, marathon show at the end of the no, festival? No, no, no. That was one year. Okay, yeah. So I remember going to they used they had a marathon show, and it was just like. Pay money and it will just people are going to do as long as they want. And I think I left at hour five and like they had it was the second act. <laughs> no more. Well, it was like, you know, we because we studied uh, vaudeville over there in the music halls, mm. England, Scotland, and the shows would begin late morning and they would go the whole day. And so people, the way it works, you just check in like if it was your break. Everybody in Glasgow was jam-packed with people, and so you'd go see one hour, and you'd leave, and people the whole day long. Yeah. So we thought, well, what would that be like to do it Do it all day long? <laughs> of course, it was, things have changed. Yes. <laughs> A logistical nightmare. <laughs> but it was funny, because people brought pajamas and stuff, you know. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, you know, I'm very appreciative of you putting this together and making it happen, uh, not only to perform in, but to to watch and get to see the friends and meet new people and build community. It really <laughs> feels like something as people who per travel and do our shows solo so much. Yeah. It's such a treat to come and be a part of a show with other people. That, and in the community. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so we'll thank, we want to thank you for coming to the basement <laughs> and uh, sharing the story. Thank you, Ron. Thank okay. All right, folks. Well, that's it for today. Just a quick few plugs. Of course, go to moisturefestival.org for all things Moisture Festival. You, they also have a Facebook page, an Instagram, and a YouTube that you can sign up for. And you can get all the information if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, or if you want to fill out the questionnaire to be considered as a performer as well. You can do that all on their site. If you want to find out more information about Louie and I, you can find Louie at louiefox.com. That's with two X's. Yes, and you can find Matt at Comedy 
comedystuntshow.com. You can also check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast at oddandoffbeat.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, all that jazz. If you like weird and unusual news stories, that's where you need to go because the Odd and Offbeat Podcast is all things weird. Yes. So check that out. If you like this podcast, you will love our podcast. So be sure to check that out. So we want to thank our guests for today. That was a lot of fun. And and we want to thank all the donors and volunteers and performers that make the Moisture Fest happen as well. Without yeah. them, we wouldn't be here talking to them. Absolutely. So get your little slice of Moisture Festival at moisturefestival.org. And thanks so much for listening, folks. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. And stay moist.